Welcome to the Wine After Work podcast. This is your host, Bryce Batts. I'm a career coach, mom of two girls, former college cheerleader, and current encourager of women. I'm so grateful you're here. It's my mission to help women break through the glass ceiling, rise up, and step into their greatness. Now grab a glass of wine and settle in. Claire Quay is an international sales expert, trainer, and speaker who has led multi-seven-figure sales teams to close over $9 million in high-ticket sales. That's $4 million during 2020 alone. With experience in leading and consulting teams for multi-seven-figure entrepreneurs such as Lisa Nichols, Rachel Bell, and Sage Levine, Claire is an expert in teaching online coaches and service providers how to convert high-ticket sales without pushing or convincing. Previously struggling as a yoga instructor, Claire discovered the importance of self-worth by mastering the spiritual aspects of sales. This has inspired her to teach others how to be leaders in sales conversations so they too can receive more of what they deserve. Since 2014, Claire has been teaching coaches how to have a permission-based sales conversation that results in consistent 10, 20, to upwards of 50K months by empowering coaches to confidently stand in their value. Hey, Claire. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Oh, Bryce. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to share and chat and give your your peeps some good, good juice. (laughs) Yes. Well, when you and I started chatting via email and you said you were a sales coach, I found that very fascinating. I've always been in sales, but in recruiting, I don't necessarily feel like it's sales. And I guess that's because I love it. And I feel like I'm just making a match, but you know, I think that's, you know, any salesperson that loves what they do, you're just providing a service. So tell me how you became a sales coach. Cause I know so many people hate sales. Right. Uh, Well, you know, I first want to say everybody is in sales, whether you're a stay at home mom, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a recruiter in corporate, like we are all uh, selling a vision and and helping hmm. somebody to get a goal. And I, the joke, I, I can turn, I can show everybody how they're a salesperson. Perfect example is like you're a mom, okay? You're selling your kids the idea that vegetables are delicious and that they're good for them, okay? You're, you've got this vision, they've, you've got this goal, they want to be healthy. Like you're selling the idea that broccoli tastes great, all right? Or maybe, maybe you can make really great broccoli, I mean. That's, that's true too. Uh, my husband also, uh, was a 15 year middle school math teacher. And he's like, he'd be like, I'm not in sales. I'm like, yeah, you are because you're selling the idea that this math is fun. That's your sales. That's what you're selling every day. So uh, to me, it's everybody is an, okay. And say you're like, none of those things. You're not a mom, you're not a teacher. Maybe you are, uh, in a relationship right? Or you want to be in a relationship. You're first of all, dating is sales. You're selling the idea that you are dateable. Selling yourself. And also if you're in a relationship, you are selling your, your partner, the idea, like, let's go instead of you want to go to sushi and you're selling the idea, Hey, we went to like Mexican yesterday. Let's go to sushi tonight. Cause sushi, like it just, it's like my favorite food. Like you're selling this idea. So I really believe whether you are, you can either be on board that you are selling no matter what station in life you are, or you can be um, not on that boat, which to me, I'm all about being empowered and, and, and really showing women that you can, 
you, you, you just, you may as well learn the skill set because you're doing it yeah. regardless. Oh, I um, love that. I've never heard it explained that way, but that's so true. I mean, right. any mom knows if you have kids, you're constantly negotiating, but with dating too, like the dinner example, I'm like, oh, that's so true. <laughs> right. You're constantly negotiating. And I, I think you're going back to the question you asked, like, how did I get into this? Um, I was not that person on the boat that was like, oh, I, I need to sell. In fact, I was anti-sales. I did not want to sell. I was not comfortable with it. It was super scary because for 15 years, I was in the health and fitness industry. In fact, if you go to my Instagram, you scroll down, like he, like I have a lot of posts, but if you scroll down, I basically uh, was a personal trainer, yoga teacher, and strength and conditioning coach. I was the only female head strength and conditioning coach in Denver Public Schools at the time. Oh, very and cool. So I had a lot of cred. I had a lot on paper. Like I, I, you know, I was a Lululemon ambassador. I uh, was featured, modeled, and wrote for Yoga Journal, which is the the yoga publication. Oh, nice. So I had a lot of cred, but uh, it was not showing up. I had not a lot of credit in my bank account. Like I was not showing up the way that I wanted to. And it was bottom line because I was scared to sell. I was very scared of appearing salesy. I didn't, it didn't feel good. I thought, or, you know, the way I was doing, it didn't feel good. Right. Um, so how I got into sales was I, I hit a bottom. I was like, okay, I, I have to change. I was living paycheck to paycheck is not what I would describe it as. Uh, I, I looked at my taxes and this is so interesting. I love the number seven, but in 2014, so like 14, seven, um, I had made $14,000 annually. That was my annual income from 2014. And uh, I, so I, I don't even know how I was surviving. I was, I was not, yeah. I mean, it was like poverty level. Right. Um, and, and on the outside, it looked okay. Like I had a car and like, I was able to, to, but I was definitely struggling. I had no zero wiggle room, zero wiggle yeah. room in yeah. my, in my life. So were you enjoying what you did? Um, okay. So I love that you're asking <laughs> that. And the answer is like, I thought I was, uh -huh. I really, I'd really, I, and I, I, I say to this day, I'm great at sales because I can convince myself of anything. Like I can pretty much sell myself. <laughs> right. Yeah. So even though I wasn't doing sales with other people, I was still, I was really great at enrolling myself and thinking that I was okay. And the reality was um, I was not okay. Uh, and I think it has a lot to do with, there's a combination of things. Um, if those of you who haven't seen my headshot, I'm, I'm Filipino American, I'm first generation. So there's a lot of cultural belief mm -hmm. systems around poverty. And not only that, but I was also in the like, yoga is borderline spiritual space uh there's uh, there's a lot of oh I, well, i'm doing service and healing people uh i should do this for free it's kind of similar to starving artists i'm a, I'm a healing uh -huh. and a healer so i deserve i don't deserve to get paid i should do this for free yeah so i had a lot of mindset and beliefs like like uh, um packed like just packed onto yeah like layers and layers of layers just of just bs uh, around yeah. my belief system. So um, I'm making 14K a year and I just was like, I, I couldn't handle it anymore. I was I was in my, in this business of fitness for like 15 years and I just could not handle it anymore for, for many reasons. And I, I had thought that resiliency was this great thing. Like we're taught be resilient, but there's like, there's a spectrum. <laughs> like I was a borderline, like stubborn, like wouldn't budge around it, not necessarily resilient. So I hired my first business coach, which their payments were more 
more slightly more than my car payments. So to me, it felt like a definite gamble of, yeah, well, shit, if I don't get this to work, then I am giving up my car. It was a definite, like, I, I, right. I had to really balance out and, and say, this is going to work. So uh, I, but I went all in. I said, if not now, then when I can't handle this anymore. And within first, the first three months, I had a 6K month. So let's just think about this math. 14K a year, 6K month, it exploded my money ceiling, completely changed the way that I perceived money. And so uh, that's where the ball started rolling from my bottom. I, my coaches. Yeah, my coaches saw that I was getting so good at sales. They hired me. They hired oh me to run, to run their bunny ears sales department. But reality was that I was the sales department. I was just like the manager, <laughs> the coach, like doing sales. And so, but from that, other other entrepreneurs started seeing that I was doing sales. They wanted me to do their sales. And that just evolved into me running and training sales teams. Like I was no longer the person oh. doing sales. Um, so even right now, I currently train multiple seven-figure entrepreneurs in the coaching industry, their sales teams. I also help solopreneurs uh, to increase their sales, to how to feel more confident, to double their prices, triple their prices. So um, yeah, that's part of, that's that was my journey. Yeah. And do you think it's always um, with women, especially the mindset that's holding them back, they feel bad for charging because ultimately they feel like, well, who am I to ask for this money for the service I'm providing? But even when negotiating salaries in a job, you know, even then they're scared to ask. So, so do you think it's a mindset issue or where else is this coming from? Right. Well, I definitely uh, will say, and, and those of you who are coaches or entrepreneurs might get this, but mindset is 90% of the game. It's 90% of it. And I, I see this often, like on just on social media where, uh, um, not to be judgmental, but I'm like, how is this person doing so well? Like, how is Kim Kardashian? How, like, how, like, how, you know, to me, I, um, not like she has a PhD in anything. It's like, how is this woman like just killing the game and like bow, mm-hmm. bow, like props to Kim, she's doing it. And it it is just because she has, a, I, I do believe like, her mother, Aunt Chris, and herself have a solid mindset. And not only that, but there's a combination of, of what I call energy. Uh, and the streets would call it a vibe. Like they have they have yeah. a vibe that is high vibration. They they only expect the best. They yeah. they keep looking forward. They cultivate this mindset and energy around their value and their worth, which um for most women, we are not Kim Kardashian. <laughs> and uh, the the reality is it's, it is our mindset. And there's, I hate to say this word maybe, but there is external influence. And I'm not saying that we are, we have to listen to external influence, but a lot of our systemic structures are masculine oriented. Mm-hmm. Well, and like, we'll talk corporate for a second. Like how many women do we see um, besides who is that woman, the CEO of Facebook, lean in, um, Sandberg, Cheryl Sandberg. Yes. Yes. Right. Like there, there's not a lot of women that look like Cheryl that are in the top 5% of those, right. You go into an executive board. Um, we're going to be, it's going to be hard to see a woman that looks beautiful. Like you, Bryce, it's a blonde white woman, much less for a minority like myself. It's not common to see that. Right. So we'll use the corporate landscape as an example, but it's also true in the entrepreneurial landscape. 
where mm-hmm. we're not really seeing women stepping into charging what they're worth or, or even if you're like, let's just say a, a personal trainer, right? Like we, there's a, there's a challenge with women saying what they are charging, what they're worth, because um, there's, there's other systemic things at play that influence our mindset. Now I'm also going to say the caveat is uh, when we, we, when we allow external circumstances to dictate our power, that is how we become disempowered. When we mm-hmm. step into our personal power, which means that no matter what I know my value, no matter what I believe in myself and I'm personally empowered, no matter what the circumstance, that's where we flip, we change the game. So I'm not one, I definitely do believe there's systemic things for many, uh, for women, for people of color. And at the same time, when we step into our personal power, that is where we see things getting flipped up, upside down. We, yeah. No matter what our circumstance, no matter how our cards are laid out for us, when we choose to play the game, we go all in, we get support, we claim our value, that's where things change. Yeah. And I think that too, when you start to believe in yourself, if you're in sales, that's when the no's don't mean as much to you because you know, that's just, you know, one more no gets you closer to that. Yes. And you know, it's nothing personal. You know, if you're a coach, okay, well then your energies didn't align. You weren't the right fit for each other. Or if it's a sale, you know, maybe they didn't need what you were selling at the time no matter what it is, but it doesn't mean it'll always be a no. And I just think you take it less personally when you make it less about yourself, right? more about service. And if you know your own value and your worth. Right. And I think that's also, I'm just imagining the woman that is not feeling that that's listening to it. And so if you're out there like feeling, well, that's easy for you to say, I, I just have so much compassion for Mm -hmm. that person because and one of the things I didn't really get, and I, I, I say that because I'm thinking about myself when I first started selling and really, it was so hard to not take it personal. And it is, I think this is especially true for entrepreneurs because our, our services, you know, we, it, it can feel so much of our, our blood, our sweat, our yeah. tears, time, energy, time away from kids, time away from sp- spouses, like all of that it can feel it can feel so deeply personal when somebody says no to our program or our services and what i want to invite and one of the things i teach when it comes to sales for entrepreneurs is to understand that number one sales is a confidence game so when you take things personally, that on anybody like just like and like forget sales, like anybody that takes things personally, you can I'll tell you their confidence is not going to be high because they're again they're being impacted by external circumstance. So right. it is really about not when we say not taking things pers- taking anything personal, it is number one honoring that people are are have choice. And so it's, it, they have choice. And, and also what impacts choice is how confident you feel. So mm-hmm. if you keep hearing no, and you're taking it personally, like I'm not valuable, that's directly impacting your confidence. And sales is a number one, a confidence game. Because again, like I, I'll just think of an entrepreneurs that, that make it and they may not have the best skill sets, the highest education. Right. They have um, the the word the the language that's thrown around with the kids these days. It's B B D E. 
<laughs> big, big, can I say it? Sure. Big dick energy, baby. They, this, they don't care. And as women, I think it's like most women that listen to this, like we, we know, we know, like when you yeah. see that, like it's like big BDE, big dick, yeah. big, big dick energy. <laughs> so um, it is kind of like that where, you know, and when you think about that kind of that vibe, like Megan the Stallion kind of energy, it's like, oh, you know, gosh, I'm going yeah. to kill it no matter what. Like either you can get on board with this or not. But when we take things personal, that's where the confidence meter goes down. So that's like yeah. one thing to consider. The other thing that I think most people don't understand when it comes to sales is that it, it is a dialogue. It is a dialogue between two people. And I don't care if you're in corporate and you're a recruiter and you're talking to this other company or it's B2E, uh, I'm sorry, B2B or uh, B2C. BDE, I was thinking. <laughs> you got BDE on your Wait, mind. BDE, <laughs> BDE. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> just stay focused. Um, but uh, it doesn't matter if it's B2B, B2C, and it is a conversation. And I think what people can get confused with is they just think sales is like this, everybody should be able to do it. And, and this kind of contradicts what I said earlier, where like everybody is doing sales, but not everybody does it well. And mm -hmm. it's because not everybody communicates well. Uh huh. Not everybody communicates well. And when you're having a dialogue, when you're talking to somebody, let's just you're talking to somebody about your services, you are in dialogue. That is communication. So what I notice is that people who are struggling with sales, number one, it's their confidence. Number two, it is how well they can communicate. How how they are able to get to understand somebody's viewpoints, the client's viewpoint, while also conveying their, you know, uh, showing different perspectives. That's actually what I believe sales is all about. Uh, because sales, so there's three things that sales are. Number one, it's confidence, it's a confidence game. Number two, it's communication. And then the third thing is it's leadership. So if you're in conversation and you're not standing in leadership, and by the way, leadership does mean having hard conversations, mm -hmm. you know, being willing, if you have a team, I, I you know I run teams, I train teams, I work within teams. There is, you have to be willing to communicate, see their viewpoint, convey your, your viewpoint, discuss impact. Uh, I think that's that's one thing. And now that I think about it, I've, I actually was, I'm always getting these hits of inspiration, but most people are scared of talking about impact, which is a huge communication skill. And so I'll take sales, for example, the, I don't have the money. <laughs> we don't have the budget. Very common objection. Yeah. Most common. I mean, like, it's like, you can time or money, time or money, right? Or I got to think about it. So um, most people are scared to talk about the impact of not investing without taking it personal. So for example, somebody says, I don't have, I don't have the money to pay for personal training. I'm just going to use that because it's like my go-to, like it's, you know, we've all been there, I guess, in either we've wanted a personal trainer or we wanted to invest in a fitness thing. And we just did yeah, Peloton, something Peloton, right. Peloton. <laughs> Um, and we say, I don't have the money. The reality is, okay, well, the impact of not changing what you're doing is going to be X, Y, Z. So you don't get the Peloton. Okay. I'm a Peloton seller, right? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not actually, but I could sell Pelotons. 
so you don't invest in Peloton, right? So the impact of you not getting a Peloton might be like, how consistent are you going to be with your workouts? Are you going to be, are you going to be wasting time traveling across town to get to the gym? Is the impact going to be, you have to watch the kids and you have to keep them in your eyesight and it's easier when you do it at home. Are you able to go across town and do the workouts? Are you, I mean, so the, the whole, the whole conversation is leadership about willing the willingness to show impact. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's always showing the alternative. And I know earlier you talked about being in that masculine energy. You know, how do you think we bring the feminine into sales and embrace sales as a woman without having to, you know, be in that old masculine and way of selling? It makes me think of like a used car salesman. Right. Right. So I think the paradigm is shifting and that's, you know, I'm, I'm really proud to say a lot of most of my clients, I'd say 96% of them are women. Um, and the, the difference between the masculine way, and by the way, I'm, I'm not also bashing men. I, I'm married to a man. I respect the, the, um, the, the, how do I say it? The very linear thinking that men can provide in the masculine viewpoint. At the same time, we are wildly out of balance, as we can tell in our society. We're wildly out of balance with how women are respected, our, our, even our rights. Um, and so I, I just want to just say that out loud before somebody thinks that like, I don't like men or something like that. Right. Um, so when it comes to the feminine viewpoint of sales, it is just doing things a little differently. And now I'm not saying that we can't be direct with people or, um, which is a very masculine thing, like sell me this pen, uh, or we can't follow some structure. Like I think structure is very important. But one of the things that women provide, number one, is how energetically, meaning, and, and when I say energy, that can sound very fluffy to people, but music is energy, light is energy, how we show up, our unique blueprint and signature and our essence, if you will, is mm-hmm. unique. Every woman, every every person's energy is unique, and which also includes the, the masculine and feminine, which is not gender specific. It's going to sound weird that I'm saying that. Yeah, because we all have masculine energy and inside of us, right? We have direction, we have directive, we have linear thinking, we get things done. That's a very masculine way of thinking. The feminine energy in sales, for example, is can be more fluid. Like we can, we can, uh, instead of going with an agenda, which by the way, that type of selling doesn't work anymore. The buyers today, consumers are so aware of when you want something, when you're just trying to get in there. And I'll just use dating, for example, like you date, you can tell the men who are um, immature, they're just trying to get in there. If you know what I'm talking about. The more evolved man has space to hold feelings, to ask about how we feel. And, And so it's the same thing for the feminine women going into a masculine, traditionally masculine thing where sell me this pen coffees for closers where it's for um now it's more of holding space with people meaning letting allowing people to share with us what's important to them which women are innately good at we're good at that we're good yeah. at like listening we're good at um taking taking information in and relating to people because my one of my favorite sayings is connection is currency 
Mm. Connection is currency and women are, we are made for connection. Yeah. We have our girlfriends. We have, we have, we love our mothers. Like we are, we are designed to connect, yeah. um, which is different than what has been taught to us as far as sales um, uh, in the, in, in the past. And like you said, men and women can tap into the feminine of sales. It's not just right. for women. And it makes me think, you know, we've all been on a sales call or, you know, selling face-to-face -face where we can tell we're being sold and we can't get a word in edgewise. It's like, learn to listen, people. Like, I would be happy to tell you what I want and what I'm really looking for if you were right. listening. But instead, you're too busy trying to sell me on what it is you're selling. <laughs> And that, again, that just doesn't work anymore. I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't say anymore. I will say that the, the buyers are just more, they're smarter. They can feel that. And, and I wouldn't even say it's like different because I think all of us can feel a vibe when, when our, our concerns and our goals are not really being considered. Yeah. We can all feel that. And how do we change our money mindset? I know we brought up money earlier and charging what you're worth and working with the energy of money. So what are your thoughts around that? Oh, wow. Um, so there's, there's a couple of tools that I think that help. Um, one of the, some of the tools that I use my clients is, um, it's going to sound, those of you who are very linear thinking, that's going to sound a little like woo, but I, I really think it's a couple things. One thing I look at your innate energy, which uh, we can look at to your astrology for that. You can also use human design. And I also love some just solid science, like your union psychology around how you, how you built your belief systems. So, um, and a really common thing is like, what would your parents, what was your dynamic with your parents or how did your parents talk or perceive money? Cause they really gave us the blueprint. They handed us down their their thoughts and feelings around oh. money and it takes you know it takes support time and energy to change those beliefs belief systems are incredibly oh, <laughs> they are so hard yeah i mean they are they are super glued onto us a lot of times I'm not saying you can't pry them off and like shed them but it does take some time so um and you can do simple things to start you know uh, cranking at or wiggling loose your belief systems and simple processes like meditation. Um, you can start and bring, I guess, just bring awareness. Oh, I guess I think that for me, this is, this is the, the money belief that I've been really unwiggling and getting loose. In fact, it's so crazy today. I, I really like cracked it open. Um, I have to work hard for money. Uh, that was yeah. often like my dad was like, you got to work hard. You got to work hard, hard, hard. So, I, so with that belief system, that's what I did. I worked really yeah. hard to the point where I burnt out. Like I, money I, doesn't grow on trees. You have to work money hard doesn't grow on money. Trees. Right. You got to work hard. And so that's what I did. And, um, that was great. It served me for a certain amount of time to obviously change from 14 K a month to or year to 14 K months. Like just actually yeah. true. Um, but one thing that I did, I, I can say people can start doing is to like being aware. Like I didn't really, I had heard that, but then I didn't really understand that that was, I was living by that. Mm, and so yeah. it's so subtle and subconscious. Like it was running, that belief system was, it was running a lot of my decisions underground, like, like yeah. subtly. Right. So, the more you can be aware of your belief systems of what you were taught 
And that's like a really shorthand version of what union psychology and like, and looking at your innate energy can do. But um, yeah, that's like, that's a good example, I think, of how you can start to change that. Yeah. Well, as we wrap up, any tips you can give women who are in sales and they're, you know, having a rough time, you know, just any takeaways for them? Right. The first one would just be to believe that if you're not going to sell them, somebody else is. So it may as well be you. That's the, that's what's coming through for me to communicate. Like if, if yeah. you have doubt about what you're charging, just know that somebody else is going to maybe charge even more and they're going to get the sale. So you may as well offer it at the price point that feels like you're creating equanimity with your energy exchange. Meaning I do this, I make this artwork, I should receive this back, right? So, so understanding that. And the other thing I will say is just get support around it because I knew those things, I'm doing quotations, like I knew those things but I, what I didn't know was how, how do I do that? And so yeah. whether that's um, myself or somebody that you're looking at or considering, uh, we, we are not as women, especially, we're not meant to do this alone. It takes a village. It actually does take a village for yep. us to get what we want. So um, yeah, that would be, those would be my tips. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and Claire, where can we find you? You can hit me up on the Instagram at Claire, C-L-A-R-E underscore Cui, C-U-I. And I post stories where I'm going nomadic. My, I'm, a, I'm a digital entrepreneur. So my husband and I just bought our little RV, tiny Oh home. my gosh. I know. Oh. So you can follow our journey on there. And I, I give a lot of good mindset pieces and tips. And I Very do cool. like a sales tip Tuesday. So yeah, come join. I love that. This has been so great. Thank you, Claire. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you back here next week. And make sure to share the episode with a friend that would enjoy the conversation we just had. Also, join the Wine After Work Facebook group to connect with other like-minded women.